On this month's show, we're talking about several Northwest dealers have been sold, planning destination day rides, and summer adventure. What could possibly go wrong? It's all coming up on this month's episode of the Sound Rider Show. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and welcome to the Sound Rider Show. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, Join us for the latest episode of The Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Merritt and whoever else happens to drop by today. Greetings, fellow riders from all over the Pacific Northwest, from all over the United States, from all over the world, from all over the universe. We are here with the June Soundwriter Show. You got me, Tom Marin, the publisher. And you got Jennifer Poole, the writer hey. at large. Hey, everybody. And uh, I think I need to start by talking about this wacky weather. No kidding. I'm freezing. Well, yeah, it's like freezing. The wind is blowing. You know, you know this has nothing to do with motorcycles, but I know some of the riders that are listening can – can go with me on this. We don't get wind like this in the end of May. It's very unusual. Sure. And, and usually at the end of May is when my rose bushes are cranking it. They're pushing up mm-hmm. really nice canes and everything. Well, I've lost 14 canes now on oh, my 10 no. rose bushes. Just to the wind? Just because of the wind. Yep. It breaks my heart. I walk out to go somewhere and I look at them and there's another broken cane. Oh dear! So that's yeah, that's no that. fun. It's like uh, Columbia River Gorge kind of wind. Yeah, exactly. I think the gorge is moving up here. It hurt. I'm not doing a rally <laughs> in the gorge anymore, and it's coming right. here now. <laughs> the rally wind is coming this way. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk about wind and that sort of thing a little bit later in the show. Uh, question for you: Did you get a chance to watch the new on any Sunday 50th anniversary edition? I have not. Have you? I just watched it. Oh, cool! And what did you think of the remastered version? I thought they did. You know, they did as best as they could do. You know, that was 16 millimeter film they shot that right. on. Right. Right. And you, probably you could, kind of rough shape. You could do way better with your with your cell phone. Right. So. Um, you can see where it kind of tears up, and they try to clean it up. Um, sure. In some cases, they got it, – and it, it, this also depends on the lens and the camera that's being used. Okay. Um, in some cases, uh, some of the lenses were so good that when they, when they modified it, it looked like video, not film. Okay. Huh. And then in other cases where there's long shots – Yep. Um, it's it it looks more like film still, and I prefer stuff to look like film that was film. Sure, and sure I don't want to yeah. see something go from film to a video <laughs> look because it looks phony and it looks fake and it doesn't look like nineteen seventy like it was. You know, sounds a little bit like maybe that was the distraction for you to 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 see the remastered version. Would you say that's true? A distraction. Yeah, just to were you paying more attention to the to the remaster? Oh yeah, because it, cause I have a background. <laughs> yeah. I, I I took I took a, quite a couple of years in in college of film, so uh, I'm watching for 
that type right. of stuff. And especially when someone says, you know, hey, we remastered it. Sure. Um, I want to <laughs> see how good that yeah. is. It, obviously, the coloration is better. Sure. Okay. Uh, colors are a lot more brilliant. Um, I hadn't seen the movie in about 15 years. Right. Yeah, it's been a long time. For One me. of the things I like about my brain is that if I don't see a movie for a while, I don't remember it at all. It's all new. It's all new. <laughs> so uh, I'm watching it, and I'm like, uh, what's this? I never saw this before. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, I don't remember anything about that hill climb in there before. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if it's because I got up to refresh my wine and I missed it, but the whole part about Elsinore, I did not see it in the version I got. Oh, interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, where Steve McQueen's going around and then, and then, and then Bruce Brown talks about how he registers under a fictitious name to you know it's not there. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of something that was in the second and the third movie that Bruce Brown put out. But. Right. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering too if maybe that was in something else. Because there was an outtakes thing. I have the box oh. set with all that stuff, so maybe it's all running together, and I just think it should all be there. That could be well. Overall, two thumbs up. Yeah, overall, I recommend it. You know, and uh, if you think about it now, there's people who will see it for the first time who weren't even Absolutely. born until like yep. 2000. Right. Crazy, huh? Yeah, that is hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> so, would it be as inspirational to them as it was to me as a kid? Yeah, I, you know, that's a good question. And I, I, that came up a little bit when I was watching kind of a similar vein of when I was watching uh, the, um, the MotoGP behind the scenes series. And I, I was trying to figure out how does this look to somebody who doesn't ride motorcycles. And similarly, you take a timepiece like that and you go, you know, what, what does somebody who, um, who's newer <laughs> to motorcycling and younger and wasn't even born then, you know, what does that look like to them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to get, get pass this on to some kids and see what they say. I want to run it for <laughs> my right. grandson see what he There thinks. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Get some, get some uh, feedback from the younger crowd. He'll probably not like it just because his daddy trained him not to like anything I like. So. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have to find a different younger audience. <laughs> and you know, also on this version, they moved it to 5.1 surround sound. Okay. So yeah. uh, the audio is a little better. In fact, sometimes it seems to me like they might have added. Some... I was wondering about that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. A little cause... bit of enhanced audio. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they just got more clarity out of it or if they did add something in. Mm-hmm. But you know, original like all the narration for the for the it, all the narrations there. But when Bruce Brown did all the narration, he did it sitting in his lounge chair in his living room watching the movie. <laughs> and he just had a tape recorder next to him. There you go. He just had yeah. a microphone in his hand. He just blurted out the narrations, and I guess he went back probably and fixed a couple things. But for the most part, it was all kind of like a one take thing. Sure. Yeah. So cool. Too bad he wasn't around to see the redo on this. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. Uh, oh, and, and here's the other thing. I think I told you this on the show last time. Um, if you want to buy the original DVD, it's like 22 bucks. If you want to buy the 50th anniversary, which has interviews and stuff like that, has extras in it, uh, it, it was I bought mine for 16 Nice. Okay. Yep. So, I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> all right. Well, pick up a copy, everybody, if you haven't already. So I, I got all ready a couple of weeks ago to, uh, you know, I used to ride with a, with, a, with a number of different clubs, and I really got burned out on group rides. You did. And, and really enjoy riding by myself. So I had this plan that I was going to go down to Yakima Canyon and nice. go to That's lunch. A beautiful at, area. Yeah. Yep. Can't go fast there, but <laughs> it's pretty. It's so pretty. So I was going to go to one of my favorite little places down there. We've had it on Cafe to Cafe before. It's called the Canyon River Grill. And part of my deal this year was that I was going to you know, take a ride every month and kind of pick a destination spot. And so that was my destination spot for May. Um, you recall, what was it, in April, I went up to the Vintage Motorcycle Show swap yep. meet thing. Yep. So I, I'm all, I get all ready to go. I'm thinking about it. You know, and I, I got, I'm a couple of days ahead, and I know I got to go down, pull the cover off the bike, do a little T-clocks on it, get the air in the tires, that sort of thing. Sure. And then all of a sudden, I get this uh, pops up on my Facebook. Good thing I've been following them. It said, hey, everybody, we're closed on Saturday for a yeah. private event. Oh, and, dear. And then, and then I thought, well, maybe I'll go Sunday. So I keep reading. It says, and by the way, if you think you're coming on Sunday, there's a bicycle event oh. going on on SR821. They'll yep. be opening and closing the road on and off all day long. Oh, boy. Good thing you checked. So I said, Wah. I'm not going to do nope. that. So instead, I went out to... Uh, Snoqualmie Valley. Okay. And went for a ride on all my little favorite roads, like Cherry Valley Road. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the name of all those little roads out there. I bet there were a lot of nice uh, flowers in bloom. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much in bloom right now. You got roadies. You got cherries. You got There's still tulips around. Yes. Yep. And uh, uh, we're seeing a lot of irises right now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bearded irises out there. A lot of day irises I'm seeing. So, uh, so anyways, it was a real pretty ride. And and uh, my my point here is that um, you know you almost need a good excuse to go ride, and uh, food is obviously uh, a good excuse. Sure. But uh, check those people's Facebook pages. Make sure you don't get disappointed. Uh, you especially yeah. don't want to wind up somewhere where you thought you were going to get gas and the whole thing isn't open. Right. Yeah, it's not just a matter of are the restaurants open, but like you say, the you know the events. There's a lot more events going on now, and, mm-hmm. and some of those do involve road closures or uh, congestion that you might not have anticipated. Yep. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for June yet. What are you going to do for June? You know, uh, we're going down to the. Um, we'll watch. Uh, we'll check out Moto America at the Ridge, um, and then we. Well, we're going to the Overland Rally, but we're not taking motorcycles. Do you remember back when um, the Northwest Overland and the Tour Tech Rally were on the same weekend, and then yeah. they both got in big, the same place. In the same place, same week. And and uh, anyway, we're, we we got 
in the habit of going to both of those events. Uh, but this year, you know, Touratech conflicts with the uh, Moto America racing. So, uh, but we will go out there for the Overland Rally. So we'll tear up the roads and uh, get them in good shape for the motorcycles the following weekend. <laughs> oh, is there a rally the following weekend? Oh, wait, you're so talking it, about in up in Leavenworth? Yeah, they do the... Oh, okay, but in Redmond, the, they're going to have that Overland Rally down there in July. Yep. Yep, that's okay. another one too. Yep, yeah, but the the one in uh, out in Plain is the weekend just before Tour Tech, so all the jeeps and four by fours are gonna make some nice ruts for all the motorcyclists. <laughs> I remember when I went to the Tour Tech Rally the same year that they had the Overland running at the same time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really bumping. I, I wasn't going out on group rides. I was riding by myself, and I was riding with Bruce Graham. We didn't really bump into that many motorcycles or Jeeps out on those roads. It seems like, I guess, everybody was doing these lead rides, and we weren't on those tracks anywhere. Yeah, there's so many roads out there. And and I think, you know, in the years when they were running those together, they were pretty careful about uh, scheduling rides and, you know, group rides and so that there wasn't a whole lot of traffic on any given road at any given time so um you know safety concerns that way too we went out and spent the night and what we were doing was pre-riding the sasquatch tour for that year oh yeah yeah so we were getting all those rides in mm-hmm. and, and, and i guess averting all these other places so mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean there's so many roads out there you really could uh yeah go for a, a nice long ride and and potentially not run into anybody yeah too bad I don't have a dual sport right now. <laughs> I mean, I sort of can if I want on the NC700X, but it's not. 17-inch rear tire uh, and a 17-inch front tire on dirt roads is just not what I call fun. Right. There's nice paved roads out there, too, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there are. So, okay. Um I guess we'll take a little break and we'll come back and do some news bites, huh? Sounds good. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Cycle Barn of Smoky Point, your destination location for all things Honda, Yamaha, Kawasaki, and KTM. Featuring a large showroom and fully staffed service area, the Smoky Point Cycle Barn is the place to come and compare all the latest models, have your bike serviced, and shop for aftermarket apparel and parts. Visit them online at cyclebarn.com. Hi, my name is Butch. I ride a 2013 uh, R1200R Roadster BMW, and my favorite ride is over Highway 20 and into Republic for their uh, annual rally. Hi, this is Eric from Bell Helmets, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. We are back on the Soundwriter Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher, sometimes an editor. I'm here with Jennifer Poole. Hey, she, everybody. 
You've never been an editor before. When are you going to write articles for us? <laughs> I, I have a couple ideas. I just need the time. Oh, good. All right. Well, uh, things are happening. In fact, we had a lot of news bites. I kind of had to cut them down a little bit. But uh, locally here, close to where you are, uh, Cliff Cycle Center has been sold to the owners of Southbound Motorsports. Hey, do you know uh, if they're going to change the lineup that they have? So uh, Cliff's had uh, KTM, Kawasaki. I think they had, uh, I don't know. Yep, Suzuki. Uh, They might have had, who's got the slingshot? Did they? have that i think they they had some kind of three-wheel deal there <laughs> i can't remember which one it was i think um, it was can m oh maybe okay so yeah so do you know if the what uh southbound motorsports carries for uh their manufacturing lines uh, i think at this time they're staying with all the oems that they had got it okay um now southbound motorsports their store down in uh Tacoma, I guess that is. What do you call that? It's not Tacoma. It's is it? Oh, Lacey. Lacey. Yeah, Lacey. Lacey. Yeah. Uh, they have Honda there, but they can't have Honda over in Bremerton because that's already taken by the brothers. Yep. So you won't see Yamaha popping in there either. Right. But um, I wish them good luck. They they seem to have done okay when they bought Southbound Honda from the Grays. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of moved and expanded into more used bike sales and, and, uh, maybe we're going to see more used bikes now over at Cliffs, like we were just talking about. There really wasn't a lot of used bikes over at Cliffs typically. Right, right. It's been a while since they've had a, a, a good wide selection of used bikes. Um, but they, you know, southbound motorsports might be running into the same problem as everybody else right now, and that you can't find very many used bikes. Well, yeah, um, maybe. But you know, but maybe they'll have some, you know, prior year inventory that uh, that they'll be able to, uh, you know, put some enticing deals on. Yeah, yeah. Are they going to call it southbound motorsports? They are. Yeah. Okay. That's right. what That's what the. That's what I'm seeing. Uh, if you go on the Cliffs website, a little window pops up and says, "Hey." Cliffs is now okay. southbound motorsports. So, do we know why that happened? Is, is somebody retiring or moving away, or just said they've had enough of this? We don't know. We don't know. All right. Well, I drive by there all the time. I'll pop in and see what I can find out. Yeah, you be our mole. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we always need moles out there. There you go. <laughs> uh, another uh, local news bites is that Owens Cycles in Yakima is now called. Apple State Motorsports. Right, story with that one? And I don't, you know, I, I got the tips from uh, Derek, but he didn't give me a lot of background on them. And I just got them yesterday, so I don't have all the background. Okay, so now that Yakima trip you didn't make, now you've got a reason. Now you can, do, you can be the mole. There you, you go. I'll have to go. Out there. Yep. I'll have to go. Um. And it seemed to me, didn't Owen, didn't, didn't the people at Owens own the Harley shop too? I'm going to have to you know, check I don't that know. out. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, uh, haven't been poking around in Yakima for a while. We'll have to do some more homework on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you sent over a tip about local libraries offering adventure Yeah, you adventure can check packs. out. So this is for, this is in Washington State. Uh, the local libraries are offering what they're calling adventure packs. 
And that includes a Discover Pass, guidebooks, and binoculars. And you can check that out. Uh, that this, you can check out an adventure pack for free with your library card, and you can check it out for a week. Um, and it's there's only certain libraries that are doing it, and it was a uh, an effort to uh, part of the Checkout Washington program to get more people outdoors who might not have the resources to be able to afford a Discover Pass. Um, you can Do you have to bring a tax return when I come in? <laughs> no, but you just have to have a library card. And I think um, if you just go to one of the libraries that's doing the program um, and you've got a card in that uh, for that library, you can, you can check it out. So it's, you go to waparks.org slash checkout and then that will give you the list of the libraries. I, I looked briefly at that list. I want to say there might be about eight libraries on there. I noticed there was one uh, down near uh, JBLM. There might have been a couple in Pierce County. Uh-huh. Um, so so you'll want to check that out and see, you, you know, obviously if you live in the area and you've got a local library card, then you can take advantage of of uh, that resource and and uh, check out, check out take, take a ride to one of the parks and do some bird watching and uh, have a nice day without uh, having to buy a Discover Pass if you can't afford one or, um, you know, you're not sure if you'd use it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it may grow beyond those eight locations as mm-hmm. well. Uh, right. California just did this. I think it's statewide. So um looks like we're trying to lock on to something that they did that's good. So yeah, I hope yeah, it does more, expand. Mm-hmm. Get some more people outdoors. You know, there's a lot of stuff you could do with your library card. Um, I'm in King County, so um, I'm able to go and search uh, deep into the archives of like the Seattle Times, the oh. PI and all that. I can go in for Fine. free. You know, they want to sell you that if you go right to the newspaper. But you can get that access for free with a library card. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a good, great resource. So that's always been good when we're working on history stuff. We can find a lot of old stuff from the teens and the 20s and the 30s and kind of, uh, uh, you know, they they wrote a lot about motorcycles back before, say, 1950. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> races and gypsy tours and all that stuff were always well covered by the oh. local newspapers. Nice. But there's some fun old photos. And as soon as, as, soon as World War II came along and, and, uh, and it was just one fun anymore for the editors, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they were getting more – well, they weren't getting clicks yet, but they were getting more interest in other topics. Yeah, they're getting more clicks on other topics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more, Those, more clicks. Them old analog clicks, <laughs> right. I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is going to mean a lot to anybody who lives here, but if you have friends on the East Coast, Tour Tech is opening up an East Coast retail distribution location. Yeah, I saw that too. That's the one in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they run, you know, in addition to the Tour Tech Rally here, they run one out on, on the East Coast. So, um, you know, I think some people here might take a trip out for, for that event. And if it's close enough to Connecticut, <laughs> check Hey, with the price store. of gas, why don't you all just rent a semi and ship right. 20 bikes on the semi? There you go. <laughs> if you could find a semi available. I know, right? Good luck. <laughs> yeah. 
It might be cheaper just to put it on a on a boat in Seattle and float it around right. the world and pick it <laughs> right. up in Connecticut. Right, right. If you're not in a hurry, that's a great option. <laughs> yeah, be like six month your adventure bikes out in the ocean. As long as you don't have any as long as you don't have any Volkswagen cars on board, you're probably in good shape. But. There you go. Your bike's having an adventure without you. Uh, let's see. Um, couple things happening in different countries, and I bring them up only because, you know, uh, these kind of things can happen here as well. Sure. So uh, Malaysia, your, your go-to motorcycle safety country in the world, uh, <laughs> is, is, going, is looking to go under mandatory ABS for any motorcycles or scooters over 150 cc's. What I find particularly interesting about that is I read an article about there's a shortage, an ABS shortage that might be impacting um, the technology and the release of certain motorcycles until that supply chain issue gets sorted out. So interesting timing. Ah, so there may not be enough ABS to go around, huh? Right. Hmm. So if they're going to go mandatory, I hope they've got all of the, uh, the parts to support that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll follow along and we'll we'll do updates on this as we go. Um, another country, I'm moving to number eight here, another country that is uh, going to, uh, is looking at doing restrictions is Austria, who wants to ban wheelies and burnouts. Which means they're not currently banned? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> uh, we call it exhibition riding in this country. Right. And we have laws against that. But uh, it's funny what people refer to, what, what people decide is exhibition riding. You know how all the ADV guys like to stand up on their bikes and ride around? Sure. Some officers will pull you out for that and cite you for exhibition riding. Sure. There's no you know, law that says you have to have your butt in the seat. Right. Yeah. I, I worry about that sometimes because I live on a street with speed bumps. And, and even if I'm on my sport bike, I will stand up <laughs> when I go over those. Yeah. And, and I'm always looking behind me to make sure, you know, nobody's going to have a problem with that. Well, and all the potholes and stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, on all the roadways here, you're all constantly scanning ahead for potholes. And you bet I'm going to pop up off my seat yep. when I see one. Sure. Especially if I'm on my scooter because I know it's going to bottom out. If right. There's right. no way for I me to with, avoid oh, it. <laughs> yeah, I had that with my Moto Guzzi, man. That thing was, oh, man, you really took a beating if you were going through uh, potholes. So uh, speaking of uh, supply chain issues, so Harley-Davidson has uh, shut down production for two weeks, except – for the electric motorcycles, right, which are just going like hotcakes, you know that. <laughs> you see them everywhere. <laughs> yes, name a day, uh, uh, name a day in the last month that you didn't see a live wire. You know, uh, I saw it on my uh, computer screen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so, uh, so I guess anybody who's working at the live wire factory is busy uh, working on the S two Del Mar. Sure. Yeah, they they uh, launched that and did I think pre sales and they'll do deliveries in spring of twenty twenty three. 
And it looked like they kicked that one out at uh, $17,699, and they're saying it uh, gets 100 miles per charge. I haven't seen any tests on that, but uh, that's what they're saying the specs are. Mm. And I wonder how long the recharge time is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't uh, check on that either. And I didn't also, you know, some of them do uh, spare batteries and, you know, you've got the stats on how long it takes to change out a battery. And I didn't look at any of that yet either. But um, there's a lot of certainly a lot of interest in hype around it. (laughs) Hey, there you go. They should have a battery exchange at every dealer. There you so go. you can sure. ride from dealer to dealer and, and just exchange <laughs> yeah. your battery and never right? have to worry about charging up. There you go. You just I'm need to make sure you have enough. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. They could do a, a whole group ride where <laughs> it's, the marketing uh, you know, Yeah, where yeah, you send 20 people out. And yeah. They're like, well, we run. only have 10 batteries yeah. in the exchange right? program. Yeah. yeah well, we'll yeah, take we the 10. Call it the, the live wire battery run. We'll we'll take ten of those batteries, and you can entertain these other ten people for a few hours while they charge up. There you go. <laughs> you can have some live music. I, you know, you can make a whole event out of this. So the uh, distinguished gentleman's ride raised five point five million this year, and they've raised a total of thirty one point six million for the Movember Wow Foundation. That's amazing. Did you happen to notice anybody riding around in a looking dapper? I did not. I wasn't in an area with any dapper riders. How about you? I think I was out of town, so mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody. Right. In fact, well, you know what? I was I was out on my my Cherry Valley ride. Ah, all right. So uh, there wasn't any dapper riders out in Snoqualmie Valley that hmm. I spotted. Hmm. But pretty good number, five point five million. Yeah, that's great. Um, tell me about Suzuki abandoning MotoGP. Yeah, Suzuki announced that that after the uh, end of this race season, the 2022 race season, they will be exiting MotoGP. Um, interesting that you know they came back to MotoGP in 2015, um, and they have contracts in place with Dorna to compete through 2026. So there's all kinds of tricky legal ramifications that they're going to have to sort out. And then the other tricky part about that is that, you know, they've got two riders, Alex Renz and Joan Muir, who are doing really well and um, have had, well, I think, I think Alex Renz had a couple podium finishes at least, and both have been finishing in the top six. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, these are, you know, they're, they're going to need a ride. <laughs> so at the end of the season, and I'm sure they're talking about what they're going to do, but um <clears throat> Suzuki is uh going to focus their their resources on the the market in India both automotive and motorcycle and supposedly they're not abandoning the US uh motorsports market but um but they are exiting MotoGP. Hmm. Um so uh that you know puts people some people scrambling around. Um I I think Aprilia will probably come in and take some of those spaces maybe <laughs> yeah um, they're doing really well in moto gp this year and, and and i don't know um, who's retiring out at this point you'd yeah, know better uh, than i would yeah you know um know, there's a really great batch of riders and and uh it, it feels like a little bit like it's almost anybody's uh I, I, you know almost anybody's championship to win <laughs> i mean all the manufacturers are you know they're having success at 
different tracks and different times and and you never really know who's going to end up on the podium so um you know riders or manufacturer wise it's it's been a very exciting season so um you know i think a lot of people are disappointed to see suzuki go but um so will we see suzuki racing in other uh sport type events yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if they're, I don't know what their commitment is to any of the other race circuits or if those are, you know, less expensive maybe, and they can still continue to do that. I haven't uh, chased that down yet. So hmm. it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, I think a lot of that we'll see what's, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, do they, are they, yeah, if they're just focusing their resources, otherwise maybe they don't care about the, as much about investing in the the technology developments that, you need to operate at <laughs> MotoGP level. And, um, well, ra- you know, racing is always a critical thing in terms of development, research and mm-hmm. development. So if you don't have – if you're not participating in racing, then yeah. uh, you sort of get left behind in the, in the curve of technology and development. So. Yeah, and, you know, it, it sounds like they're okay with that. You know, they're they're making that decision to, um, you know, to, to focus on their – opportunities for um you know marketing in in india and and uh building their brand and and their profits there and i remember how they used to redesign literally redesign the gsxr series every it seemed like sometimes it seemed like every year but at least every other year mm-hmm. and that gets expensive Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of uh, brand support the their sport bike line here in the U.S. gets. So the uh, International Motorcycle Show has announced that they are, are postponing all 2022 events. Yeah, and yeah. Were, I think yeah, they had some were, outdoor stuff scheduled for 2023, and that's also been canceled. So yeah, they're blaming that on sourcing issues and and not being able to have the 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 product and the content there that uh, that they that they want. So um, and also you know complications with events these days. So um, yeah, if you were planning on traveling to one of the IMS shows. Uh, don't go. <laughs> they Lord knows we don't have any hair anymore, so you'd have we to don't travel. Have any hair but... Yeah, you would have been taking a trip somewhere, but uh, hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully, you didn't make plans that you can't change or have something else in, in wherever you were headed to do because uh, the IMS show will not be there. I wonder if this is it. I wonder if it's over. Oh, you think? I, I thought they, oh gosh, that's a good question because I thought. They had success with it when they moved to outdoors. Um, but, you know, if they can't support that event, if they just don't, if they can't get the bikes and they can't get the parts and people can't do their custom builds and, and you know, it's it just fizzles out, maybe, maybe it goes away. Yeah, and inflation is a killer on stuff like this. Right. So well, all the semi-trucks yep. that used to bring bikes mm-hmm. in, you know, it just gets mm-hmm. more and more expensive. The unions aren't getting any cheaper. Sure, and if you can't get the, um, you know, if you can't get a truck, <laughs> you know, to, you know, the, there's a shortage of drivers, and and uh, you just can't even get the stuff where you need it to even support that show. Maybe. And, and how much just, money yeah. does the consumer have left in their pocket? I mean, I gotta eat, you know. Right. So yeah, uh, if you, you know, yeah, for folks who are going to travel to it, uh, might be have second thoughts about that with the gas prices. 
It's funny when you look at, at the cost of food now, you know, if you want junk food, it's like minimum $10 out of your pocket when you go. Mm. If you want something better, it's going to be, if you, if you want to sit in a restaurant and have one cocktail with your meal, it's like $35. So, mm-hmm. whoa. Yep. So, I don't know. We'll see. You know, maybe what will happen, this is always a possibility, that some of those people will get together and create a whole new group of people and come up with fresh ideas and make it work. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Well, and then you've got, you know, there are, there are, if, if the, you know, there are people who are interested in showing custom builds and there's still people doing the custom builds and if they want to show that stuff off. I think they'll figure out a way. Oh yeah. You're going to see smaller shows pop up. Mm-hmm. Like we've, we, you know, we've already seen that happen yep. here, that, that evolution of just smaller shows. People want to go to a show. So they're going to go yep. you know, like, like we talked about, we'll go up to, uh, to, uh, you know, um, that, 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 what's that County? Not Skagit County, but the one on the very North, you know, Bellingham and all that. We'll go that far to go to a show. Sure. Yeah, and we were going to Portland to go to a show, and, right. and so mm-hmm. you know, we still go to Portland. We want to go to the one right. motorcycle show, so there it right. is. So, anyways, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see let, how that turns out over the sure. next eighteen months. Yeah, they'll let the locals take over. Now you got a free streaming tip for everybody who likes flat track racing and hill climb. Yeah, AMA Pro Racing. You can get, uh, you can watch flat track and hill climb events. They've got a, a channel. Go to um, uh, www.fanschoice.tv. Um, I I did look that they've got some past races posted, and then they'll they'll be live uh, do streaming on uh, some of the events as they unfold throughout the rest of the season. Now, there's um, there think- a big sponsor behind us, like the Red Bull or Monster or somebody. I didn't look or notice. I didn't see that. I I know Fox Sports covers some of those events as well, so you might not get everything, but um, but you can certainly watch some of that stuff. And uh, you know, free is a great price. Hey, can you imagine if Fox Sports, you know, just for the heck of it, decided to use Tucker Carlson to call a race? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how funny! All right, enough of the jokes. We'll be back in a moment here with some calendar action. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. Hey, this is Justin in Lower Queen Anne, and one of my absolute favorite rides to do is to wake up in Jacksonville, Florida, and ride all the way back to Seattle, Washington in 11 days. Hi, this is Brian Bosworth from Destination Highways, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. We're back. Got Tom Merritt, publisher, and Jennifer Poole, and we're here with the calendar. We're going to talk about some events that are coming up in June. Yeah. So uh, happening now, started on the 29th, I believe, 
the Isle of Man TT, after two years, is back on the track again. Woo-woo. And you know, uh, you may recall, I think I made some noise a few episodes back at least about uh, coverage of that, live coverage. And I chased down that information. Um, you can, if you go to ttplus.iomttraces.com, <laughs> Um, you can subscribe and then catch some free live streaming. You can also pay twenty four ninety nine for the Plus Pass and get uh, more content. So, if you want to watch some of that, I, you know you can wait until the event as it happens. You know people will post YouTube videos and different things like that. But if you want to watch some of that live and, and get some extra content, um, you can check that out and and uh, you know uh, get more coverage and some of the behind the scenes and interviews and things. So on the Soundwriter calendar page, I posted up the official Isle of Man TT website page. Great. And I noticed that on that page, there's a bunch of links to all the places that are running videos. Oh, cool. Great. Uh, yeah, I check also that out. suspect that um, in the evening, by the time our evening rolls around, all the highlights from the day are, are up through either someone like a Red Bull or there's a couple of different people that do highlight videos. Yeah, so, yeah, check that out. So that's happening all the way through the 10th, it's like mm-hmm. a two-week deal. Yeah, you can get the sidecars. I hope they have those, the vintage bikes. There's all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, uh, Saturday and Sunday, June 4th and 5th, down in Goldendale, Washington, is going to be the Columbia Cup Trials event. I tried to get down to this last year, and something came up, and I couldn't go. Uh, it's on a piece of private property, so you have to go to the link that we have on the calendar page to get more details about where it is. And as I recall in the past, the only way you're going to know where the property is is they give you the longitude, latitude <laughs> positioning <laughs> figures. So, Oh, boy. So, uh, And there is camping available. Oh, cool. So if you're looking, you know, for a good destination with some competition going on, that's the place to be. Right on. Uh, let's see. June 10th through the 12th, Omra and Wimra are running at PIR. Yep, that's Portland International Raceway for the uh, racing circuit. Check it out. That Friday is probably practice and a track day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. They have camping down at PIR. I don't know if they have camping down there. I, I would assume you could do RV, but I don't know for sure. Um, not sure about tent camping. I know at Pacific, the the riders can, uh, the participants can camp on site. And I know at the Ridge, I think anybody can camp on site. Oh, I don't know. That's probably all changed now that they've done all the redo out there. Yeah, good question. I, you could have RVs there as well. Don't I don't know about tents. Um, that would be worth figuring out because, uh, yeah, it would be fun to just spend a whole weekend out there. This one happens every month, but I don't talk about it every month. But as the weather gets nicer, um, Saturday, June 11th, second Saturday is at Wham, Western Air and Auto Museum down in Hood River. And they do have a collection of motorcycles there. Uh, when they do this second Saturday's event, they are lighting up planes. You look at all these planes. All the, I, I'm not going to say all, but the majority of the planes that are shown in the museum will fly. Nice. 
And so, uh, and that's true for all the motorcycles. And uh, there's all kinds of cool little kitschy paraphernalia down there to look at. So that's going on. Those are the coolest antiques around. Go check that out. Wow, what a crazy weekend of of fun stuff to do. Uh, You could go to (laughs) Toutle, Washington for the Dino Days, which is like... Yeah, what is that? It's like its 37th year. It's a bunch of vintage bikes racing. Uh, So that'll be Saturday and Sunday, 11th and 12th as well. Is that dirt racing? Yeah. Is it it's dirt. dirt? Okay, flat track, vintage motorcycle or, or vintage oh. motorcross, and some flat oh, track. Cool. And, oh, fun! Yeah, that's put that on Indian? by the uh, Tacoma Motorcycle Club. Oh, cool! Uh, and I bet there's uh, camping down there too, right? Should be. Uh, <laughs> check the link, and again, we have the link um, on the Soundwriter calendar page. Uh, and, you know, the stuff that Jen and I are talking about here is just some of the stuff that's going on. We can't, don't have time to do it all. So right. uh, be sure you check the page out often because it's always getting updated. Um, there's going to be an Arma vintage competition. We've been, we've been seeing so much Arma stuff going on, the stuff that mm-hmm. happened up in uh, central Washington, the stuff that happened down in central Oregon, and now out in Lakeview, Oregon. Saturday and Sunday, the 11th and 12th, they'll be having vintage trials and vintage motocross. Nice. Where is Lakeview? Lakeview, Oregon is in the eastern part of the state on the border of California. And it is the jumping off point for if you're going uh, south to north on the original OBDR route. So you can... And I've done this. Uh, went mm-hmm. down with four other guys. We stayed at a hotel, and then on Monday morning we got up and put the bikes in. The, and there were three of them had jeeps. No, two of them had jeeps. Three of us had bikes, and uh, did the the majority of the OBDR. I bailed out after day six. <laughs> I said I had enough. Yeah, had it, had enough. <laughs> I left out a Mahler Force that day, and they they. I think only two of them finished it up. Oh, wow. But uh, that was before they had nine other different Oregon backcountry discover routes. And all that was before any of the Washington BDR or any of the other BDRs. Um, And you notice they've never done an Oregon BDR route because there's already the OBDR route. Sure. Yeah, there's so many great roads, too, uh, both in Washington and Oregon. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The good ones I would put on the Sasquatch tours. The the crappy yep. one, I would never take people to them. <laughs> all that sand in the desert. Oh, the sure. Crescent oh, Lake dear. and all. Forget it. Uh. <laughs> Where the Jeeps had to run flags because they were right. all right. hiding behind the sagebrush and stuff. <laughs> oh, you know boy. what a pucker rock is? I can imagine. So you're riding along on your motorcycle and you see this big tumbleweed up ahead and just like, ah, no big deal. I'm just going to ride past it. I'll probably bump it, but it's just a tumbleweed. You know, who cares? Sure. And uh, all of a sudden, bang, your uh, pannier's on the ground because oh, behind that tumbleweed was a rock. Yep. And he puckered your pannier right off your bike. Oh, dear. 
Yeah, I've I've hit some branches and things that I thought, oh, that's not gonna that's not gonna be too bad. <laughs> and so whacking you pretty good. <laughs> Actually somebody just died with a branch to the head. Oh gosh, that's terrible. A couple of weeks ago. Oh dear. Uh what else? Yeah, see I get all the lovely stuff in my news feed. Sure. Yeah, I try not to chase too much of that down because I don't want to get too much more of it. Um okay, uh Father's Day week. 614 through 19, the LeMay Motorcycles Days return to the compound in Tacoma. Yeah, that is such a fun event. Uh, they've got so much going on. Um, that, And you might check, it's, I think, LeMayMarymount.org for the information. But uh, have you been out to that? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, where else are you going to see people playing motorcycle soccer? Yeah, exactly. If you want to go see that, then you have to do that on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, and they usually do a trials competition as well on Saturday or Sunday. But the yeah, campus it's... is open all week. And one yeah. of my tips for people always is uh, if you want to go – if you go during the week, you can request a docent and they'll take you on a tour of the whole campus. Ah, that's a great tip. Uh, you're not going to get that on the weekend. Sure. Yeah, but definitely check that out if you're in the area. That is a lot of fun. And then uh, starting on June 16th and going to the 19th down in, what's it called? John Day. John Day, Oregon is yep. going to be the Oregon Chief Joseph rally put on by the Oregon BMW Club. And you don't have to have a BMW to go. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> They'll just make you camp over in the corner sure. over there. <laughs> right. I've been there and guys with Harleys yeah. come in. Not a lot. Sure. But. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, you only get pointed and laughed at a little bit. Uh, and if you go to the Chief Joseph rally this year and it doesn't rain, uh, you've probably made history because I've never been when it didn't <laughs> rain. Oh, all right. Pack your rain gear. And we, we need to get you out in some bad weather. Yeah, I've I've had I've had some. I've had some some very cold, cold rainy, cold and rainy rides. All right, if you're looking for a gnarly dual sport event, I'm not talking about the wimpy stuff on the Forest Service roads like <laughs> I always did with Sasquatch. I'm talking about the real gnarly stuff. The pucker rocks, the trails, the the wood that is laying in the middle of the trail, blah blah blah. Uh, the Dirty Face Dual Sport will be going on at Lake Wenatchee on the 18th. Okay, so that's a one-day. One-day one day event. Uh, Saturday the yeah. 18th, that gives you a day to heal up at the hospital. <laughs> right. Before you have to go to work on Monday. There you go. <laughs> and if you get lost in the woods and no one finds you before the 23rd, you're probably in luck because the Tour Tech Rally will be starting in the same area on the 23rd through the 26th. So just pack some extra candy bars so that you have enough food to make it through the 23rd there when other, other motorcycle yeah. guys start buzzing around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, you know, the, we've talked about this a little bit before, <laughs> but uh, the Tour Tech Rally this year, they'll have uh, demo rides with uh, KTM, Harley Davidson, Triumph, Ducati, and Yamaha will all be there. And also if, you know, if they still need volunteers, volunteers get in for free. Um, and then they're doing the the rides a little bit different. If you remember from past years, they would have group rides and they would have a sign up um, and people would all be clustered around, you know, the, the clipboards waiting for them to flip it over and everybody would, you know, try to 
get their names listed and, and get in on those rides. And so what they're doing now is they're they're actually releasing all the GPS tracks ahead of time. And then they're just going to have sign-up sheets so that people can list when they're going to go on the ride and other people can join them. So they'll have a, you know, a time and a location where riders can meet up and then they'll have, uh, you know, a sweep come through, uh, ride the routes periodically throughout the day to help anybody that needs help. Well, I'll have to see how that goes. I yeah, know we, so, we tried that at our rally many years ago. Mm, really didn't work that did, well. Oh, just to, you know, meaning to have people sign up. I, I think, you know, with, there's just so many people at the Tour Tech rally that, um, I, you know, when you have a thousand or close to a thousand people, I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little easier to pull together a group of four yeah. to six people. Yeah. And I will tell you, like, you, you know, it, it, it got tense sometimes. <laughs> people waiting in those lines, waiting for them to, to flip over those uh, clipboards for people to sign up. You know, it, it was a little bit of a hip check jostling kind of situation. So um, take some of that um, kind of silly, you know, <laughs> waiting in line and trying to eye people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to figure out if you're going to get on the ride or not. And, you know, the disappointment when they fill up and, and then, you, you know, you, you didn't get the ride you wanted. So this is a, kind of a nicer way to accommodate larger crowds. Yeah, I want to do something really horrible do a lottery you know just uh, we'll be right. calling out the numbers of who gets right. to go on the ride 30 <laughs> minutes beforehand right all these broken right. hearts are walking around right sad <laughs> uh, no more of that so yeah no it'll, it, hopefully that'll work well for them i liked it the way we did at the gorge mm-hmm. we just said here you go here's the routes here's the maps yep. here's the gps tracks have a great day right find some friends and go yep and it was, you know, it was easy enough if we ever had a serious problem or somebody would say, hey, you know, there's like uh, four uh, giant redwoods down in the middle of that route. You can't, you can't do it. We can just mm-hmm. take the sheets out, put new ones up, replace the sure. GPS track and move along. Yep. Uh, but a lot of times we pre-wrote all that stuff, so we knew. Right. right. Um Let's see, uh, the 24th through the 26th, this is where you'll be, Moto yep. America at the Ridge. Yeah, go check that out. The Ridge Motorsports Park in Shelton, Washington now has, uh, they've made a lot of upgrades. You've probably heard me talk about it way too much, but uh, it's easier to for the spectators, and, and they've got a lot of nicer amenities and improvements in their garages for the uh, riders as well. Now, will you be a, a volunteer out there? Nope, I am purely just going to enjoy myself spectating. Okay, good. And I guess they'll they'll close down the uh, zip line that crosses over. <laughs> yeah, there's there actually they run a little bus that'll take you up the hill to the uh, to the the bleachers that are that are up in the uh, up above the the. Straight, yeah, that's there by that's turn four down, and five but, or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then they have another, they have two sets of bleachers and, and uh, you can actually get, uh, well, I don't want to give away my secret, but um, one of the better spots to be is the smaller bleachers because it's the more complicated, it's what turned like 10 or 9 or 10 or 11, I can't remember exactly, but um, you get a lot more excitement there at that turn. So, um, you know, um, if you go to the larger bleacher section, you can see the carousel and you can see more of the track, um, but but the tricky spots. Beautiful <laughs> you know, view of Mount Rainier up there. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you can see Mount Rainier. It, it is a beautiful area. The the you know there's a nice a lot of forested area around there. It's a very pretty spot. 
I have shot a lot of video and a lot of photographs up there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, us camera guys know you throw a 400 millimeter lens on there, it just blows up Mount Rainier really yes. big. And you yep. back off from the track a little bit, and then you get the proportion of the rider and Mount Rainier even. And yes. you get some really stunning photographs out of that. Yeah. There. You know, uh, it, the tricky part about that, though, is if it's, uh, you know, you get those hazy days where you can barely see the mountain. Oh, no, not in June. <laughs> it was pretty hot last year. <laughs> ah. Oh, yes, that's right. We're going to have uh, – we're going we're gonna to roll into summer on the 21st of June, and then on uh, July 15th, we're going to roll into the season of smoke – and then we'll yes. get back to summer around October 15th, right? Right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, okay, so so there's an Overland Expo the week before up in Leavenworth on the same property where they do the Tour Tech Rally, right? Yeah, the Northwest Overland Rally is in June, and that's the but no motorcycle component. Uh, so okay, no no it, motorcycles yeah. on that one, but there is a, uh, a Northwest or Pacific Northwest Overland Expo yeah. in yes. Redmond. Yeah, July eighth through the tenth. Right. Yeah, and I do want to back up. There might be motorcycles that show up at the other rally, but this particular one, the Overland Expo, has is going to be featuring a ride with us program that's part of the moto intros initiative and so what they're providing is dirt bikes and gear for people who want to get a feel for motorcycle riding and they'll have um, uh, msf certified coaches um, that will that will help new riders get comfortable and familiar with riding a motorcycle so um, that's that's going to be at that event and at the um, leavenworth event at, nope, at the one in Redmond. Okay, Oregon. okay. So now we're talking about Redmond. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and there, there's special um, motorcycle camping fees, something like that yes. going on too. Yes, yep. So at the Overland Expo in Redmond, for $130, you can um, get your entry and, and camp, uh, motorcycle camp. Um, you can also get $25 day passes, and I think that gets you into the motorcycle village or whatever they're calling it. Um, so so that's, you know, that's kind of back with the combined motorcycle and, you know, Jeeps and four-wheel drive vehicles all together at one big giant event. <laughs> so, um, but one a great opportunity. One big giant, dusty, yeah. dirty event. <laughs> yep, lots of dirt. Um, so, so, yeah, if you want to get, uh, get an introduction to riding, dirt bike riding, and you don't have the gear and all that stuff, just show up. And uh, you, I think you just have to have a driver's license. Um, I don't even think you have to have the motorcycle endorsement, um, but uh, yeah, so get your introduction to riding without having to buy a bunch of gear and make a big investment. And speaking of MSF dirt bike classes, and I didn't have this on the list, but I'm going to mention it because I got an extra minute. Uh, MSF is has developed an adventure rider course now. Okay. And... Um, it's not that hard to do because what they basically do is take a lot of stuff from their dirt bike class and apply it to bigger bikes. 
So Got it. You, okay. You, know, you do the exercise where you go up a hill and then you have to back it around to bring it back down the hill without dumping the bike, that right. type of stuff. So, uh, however, it's only available in 10 states right now, but it is available in the state of Idaho because Idaho does run the MSF dirt bike course. So it was easy for them to yep. go in and work with the instructors and move them around into the ADV component as well. Nice. Do you know anybody that's taken that course yet? No, it's just getting started. So Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. Well, if somebody tries that out, let us know how it goes. So that's our calendar for June. And uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about summer adventure. What could possibly go wrong? Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie-down among riders. Rock straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundrider store at store.soundrider.com. Hi, I'm Carol, and I'm from Olympia, and one of my favorite pavement rides is Highway 47 from Klatskanai on south. Hi, this is Lee Parks with Total Control Training, and you're listening to The Soundrider Show. We are back on the Soundwriter Show. You know who you're listening to. I don't have to say it every time. But uh, we're here to talk about summer adventure. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. It's all perfect roses and flowers and sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. All the stuff's in bloom and, and the air is warm. And then you're going... You're going up into a mountain pass, and it drops down to 30 degrees. (laughs) So let's talk about some of these things that can happen when we're out riding. You've you've experienced a few. I know I've experienced a few. Yeah, you know, and and, uh, some of the kind of more significant ones are the, for me anyway, are the ones where you start a day at, you know, 40 degrees, and (laughs) in the middle of the day it hits 110, and uh, you know, and then by the time you get home, it's back down in the 60s or 40s. And uh, that's a pretty wide temperature range to cover with your gear and your, you know, taking, making sure you stay hydrated and comfortable to the extent you can. So um, snow does happen mm-hmm. in the summer. It's a freak thing usually when it does. What I've noticed is it doesn't typically stick. No, but boy, we still have a lot of snow in lower elevations this year, so yeah. you're more likely to run. Well, I see it. snow down to five thousand feet on in the Olympic Peninsula right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's probably and, shady spots that still have snow that are around three thousand thirty five hundred feet. Yeah, and did they ever get Highway Four Ten opened up? I feel like every time we checked, they were still doing another round of plowing up there. I haven't checked. Yeah, that there you could run into snow up there. Uh, I think into into I don't know maybe the late June. I don't know how they're doing up there, but last we checked, man, they were having a hard time. I know they got the uh, 
Cascade Highway open, Highway 20. Okay. Yep. But uh, normally what they do is they get Highway 20 open first. I don't know why. I guess because it has the most amount of traffic between it that is is uh, critical that they can't. You know, you can use I-90 to get to Yakima, but you can't uh, to get to, like, uh, Winthrop, Metau, mm-hmm. those places. Uh, 20 is the only game in town. So Right. Unless you want to go all the way down to Highway 2. Yeah. So uh, usually they, they try to keep, you know, I-90 and 2 open, and then uh, typically Cascade Highway gets open first, and then they run the plows down on 410 on uh, the two passes down there, Cayuse and uh, what's the other pass. I don't remember. Yeah. So many passes, I can't keep up with them all. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, you know, <laughs> even if you don't run into snow, you you know, you're you're – fairly likely to hit some rain and definitely colder temperatures when you're going through those passes, even when it's nice and sunny and warm wherever you started. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is a time of year when it can be, it can be overcast, it could be cloudy and that'll make for some, some uh, cold traveling up in the passes. I know one time I went with my daughter and uh, we were going on 410. We came out of Yakima and everything was nice and cozy and toasty. And uh, we rode up to Whistling Jacks and had lunch and Got back on the bike and headed up over the pass there. And, oh, my. I think it dropped to about <laughs> 35. Ooh, that's too cold. So I pulled the bike over, and I had kind of uh, used my odometer and figured out what, what a half a mile back was. And I said, uh, hop off. She goes, what are you doing? I said, we're going for a walk. And I had us walk 20 minutes. Wasn't enough to make us sweat, but it was enough to Uh-oh. get our blood moving and warm us sure. up. And That's it was enough idea. to keep us warm and get us up over that that pass at the top mm-hmm. there, and then down into Cayuse. So, mm-hmm. there you go. And if you don't have room to walk, you could do some some squats. <laughs> yeah, does that build up? Uh, I guess how to get your blood moving. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping jacks, whatever you need. <laughs> Jumping jack, push-ups, all that stuff. You know, when an old guy like me can do push-ups, you really screw yourself up. So, right, right. you don't want to do that. Yeah, um, don't do that. Don't, don't make yourself in a worse condition. But yeah, if you're traveling on the road and there's snow down on the road, and I've been through this in Idaho. Um, yeah, when there's snow on the road in June, it's probably not going to stick. So you don't really need to be too. Overly cautious about a little bit of snow on the ground. Obviously, if it's if it's building up a couple inches and you can't see the pavement, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, but, but that, that's very very unlikely in the summertime. So, um, let's see what else. Okay, so we tell you we talked about the cold temps too. They can happen. Uh, obviously, excessive heat can happen any day. Definitely. Um. First and foremost, you don't want your body to overheat. Sure. And, you know, you get stuck in traffic on I-90 in a hot day, and boy, you're going to cook. <laughs> that's true. I, you know, because you could think, oh, it's hot out, but I'm moving. It's fine. Well, that's all right until you hit traffic, <laughs> and then you're not moving anymore. Yeah, you want to you wanna be prepared, you know, something like an evaporative cooling vest. Make sure your vents are open on your jacket. If you don't have a cooling vest, soak down your shirt. But don't open the jacket up all the way because you're going to blow out all the moisture, and the moisture is what's pulling the heat off your body. Mm-hmm. 
That's why evaporative cooling vests are so wonderful because they, they pack in the water real good so you don't have to keep recharging a T-shirt every half hour. Sure, yeah. So, And, you know, um, if you get a mechanical and it's 100 degrees outside and you have to, you know, repair a tire oh, or deal yeah. with something, have you yeah. got a hat? You right. You got a hat. You don't, you don't have anything to protect your head when your helmet's off, and then you're going to pull a whole bunch more heat out of your head. You're going to be right on your way to sunstroke. So, uh, and the nice thing about hats is on a hot day, you sweat in them. So then you take them off, and you, and you whoosh them around, and they blow all that air around, all that moisture on your head, and you get a nice, cool feeling out of that. There you go. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, I've had to do some, some repairs in the hot sun. It's like, oh, can I, you know, can I get anything into a little shady spot? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> definitely if, looking you, for a shady you know, spot. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you take your jacket off, and you lay it down, and, you know, and it's sitting in the sun. Then you got to put that thing back on, and it's even hotter than... <laughs> <laughs> than it was when you took it off. I got a flat out in an area that didn't have any trees. Oh, it's the worst. And I said to, I was riding with my friend Bruce and I said, hey, you know what? Uh, let's shoot some slime in this thing and we'll deal with it later. Oh, and that's sure. what we did. I was going to pull a tire off the rim and all that stuff in the middle of the sun. It was it was 100 plus that day. Yeah. I wasn't going to do uh-huh. that. So yeah, we filled it terrible. up full of slime. I rode it about 10 miles. I, I hopped off, checked the air pressure, pumped it a little more back in, and then we got down to where we were camping that night. And then we pulled the, the whole tube mm-hmm. out and did a repair on it. Sure. Yeah, that's a good idea. Got, got our Defer. hands all slimy green then. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. At least then you can clean them off more easily. Uh, incoming storms. You know, We've all got these little phones that have these weather apps in them. Use them. But uh, have you ever, have you ever like, come up upon an incoming storm that's blowing about 40, 50 miles an hour? I, you know, I think the windiest riding I have done truly has been in, down in the Columbia River Gorge. Um, I've ridden through heavy rain, but not heavy rain and heavy wind. So I've been fortunate to miss those. How about you? It sounds like you probably I, hit some I of haven't that, been uh, fortunate. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I was fortunate wah, wah, to get wah, wah. through it. But sure. I, yeah. Um, I was taking a trip one time down through uh, – I was north of Redmond, Oregon. And I could see the whole weather front moving up toward me. And all of a sudden, the wind started to blow. Yeah. And then the rain and the hail came down. And the only – at that point, you're looking for somewhere to park and hide. Sure, sure, absolutely. And the only thing out where I was was a way station, which didn't even have a roof that extended out. So what I had to do was get on sort of the leeward side of the way station – Sure. And and try to get out of the wind and just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a bike. I wanted to blow the bike over, too. Right, right. And then you're just stuck there waiting it out. In and you're waiting it conditions. out. And these things don't last long. You know, it's usually 10, 20 minutes, maybe. Sure. Uh, I had uh, a windy experience down on the Sacramento, down on a levee in Sacramento. And... Uh, the wind was blowing so hard that even though I was going through corners, yep. I had the bike upright in order to keep from <laughs> getting blown over. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. 
I had a a really nasty rainstorm coming out of Yellowstone one morning, uh, crossing through Idaho. Uh, Nothing around, but I could see a building ahead, and I just kept pushing the bike through this. And uh, it was a gas station, and I got under the awning at the gas station. Sure. And uh, I told the guy, I went, I went in, I told him, I said, you don't mind if I park there for a minute, do you? And he says, <laughs> he said, well, here's what you do. You could park there, but when you start seeing a water level rise, you're probably going to want to go somewhere else. And that's exactly what happened. It got about three or four inches of rain in that parking lot. Oh, my gosh. But at so, that point, so- it slowed down. So I just said, well... <laughs> The place least likely to have a lot of rain is going to be on the highway, so I got back on the road. Sure, sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they'd at least most of the time have decent drainage. Uh, lightning's an issue. Yeah, I, I haven't. I have not ridden in lightning. Um, I've been fortunate to miss that as well. You, you've had some exciting rides in lightning storms. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to want to hope you have an underpass or something near you. Yep. Uh, you don't want to go park next to the lone tree. Right, <laughs> with your umbrella hold, held up. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, you, 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 you got those funny long antennas on the back of your gold wing. and right. Oh, here I am. Oh, gosh, yeah. So s- move away from the motorcycle. Uh, there was a guy, and, and when these saints come up, um, hail. Hail's nasty. Yeah, and that's got to be the point. Yep. Yep. Uh, when these things come up, try to get off the highway. Try to go somewhere and hide out. Don't yep. think you can just keep pushing through because you don't know how long it's going to last. Right. So there was somebody recently killed down in Kelso. I think oh, they dear. were on I-5 and they, they got caught in a, in a hailstorm. Oh, wow. And there was uh, quite a few accidents in that area. And then this one guy on the motorcycle got killed. So, Oh, gosh, that's awful. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because, you know, it's hitting your hands, hitting your head. It's just, you know, beating on you, beating on your bike. And you think, well, I have full gear on. But all of a sudden you realize it's just like someone's pushing pins through your, your jacket yeah. into your arms. So, I don't know. That's, yeah, check, uh, check check your weather before you go and, uh, you know, be on the lookout for uh, a place to hide out when you need to. Check your weather in the morning for sure, for wherever you're going. And if, if there are any passes nowadays, you can just tell. I like to use the, the app called Dark Sky. Okay. Um, and you can tell I'm, I'm going up through uh, government camp. And then check the weather for government camp and see what their see what the warnings yeah. are up there. Because if you're down yeah. in Portland and you're going to go over right. to say Bend, Oregon, yep, you can uh, check out what's going on along the way ahead of time. Yeah, that's a really good idea because uh, I feel like here for sure with all of the different uh, geography, you're you're running through different climates <laughs> pretty regularly if you're going any distance. All right, let's take a little break. When we come back, we'll have some tips and tricks. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by... Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, this is Chris from uh, Seattle. I live in the Maple Leaf District, 
and I ride a uh, R1200 GS Adventure, and I love it. It's my favorite bike, and my favorite ride is anything uh, Sasquatch. Hi, this is Whitney Caberly from Dirt Bike Safety Training, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Back on the Soundwriter Show, we're coming out of the rain and the lightning and the hail and the wind and the snow. Back to the sunshine and rainbows. But we still got more tips. What do you got for a tip this month, Jan? Yeah, I you know, I met somebody last week who worked for the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, and uh, that led me down a path of poking around their website and... Um, I, I noticed uh, that last month, May, was Motorcycle Safety Awareness Month, and they had these cool little um, banners, and it, it, I think it's the um, what they're calling their traf- traffic safety marketing. They had these animated banners that you could, if you had a website or, um, you know, digital media, you could put these little banners on. So I checked out their little, you know, what are they trying to tell everybody who's not a motorcyclist in terms of uh, being aware of motorcycles, because it's not just anymore a matter of saying watch for motorcycles i mean that's important but i was curious to see what other content they had and one of the things they had in one of their little banners that i thought was a really good reminder was um it was reminding motorists that motorcycles don't always use their brakes (laughs) to slow down right um so and you know car drivers might not realize um that you know that motorcycles can use engine braking to slow down and so um, that got me to thinking, well, you know, I do this and I don't know if other people do as well, but my tip is if you notice there's cars behind you and you're typically, you know, if you're somebody who rides and does a lot of engine braking, make sure you're tapping your brakes, um, when there's cars behind you, even if that's not your preferred method of slowing down, <laughs> because they, you know, they might not realize that you can slow down without using your brake. And so, um, I thought that was a nice little, uh, reminder in case you're in the habit of engine braking. Well, they always taught me in uh, MSF class, if, if there's cars behind you, you're going too slow. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They didn't teach go. that to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah, a good I do tip. A lot of, uh, yeah, I do a lot of engine braking. I do a lot I'm of always, engine braking. Yep, yeah, but I'm always paying attention to what's behind me so that I can decide if I want an engine brake or if I need to take a, you know, hit the brakes a couple times. And, and I had... People. I had a, a lovely little Yamaha FZ6, sort of, yep. a, I called it the wolf in sheep's clothing. Cause was, <laughs> right? The FZ6 was, uh, it was, a, you know, a sort of a standard bike that was built with the R6 motor and then they detuned yes. the transmission down. Right. And yep. um, <clears throat> after doing a little work on the suspension and all, I I got pretty quick on that bike. Sure. But yeah, we had one of those. It had a lot of compression that I could work mm-hmm. with, and mm-hmm. I going back and forth to the gorge all the time. I had the the time to learn how to ride that bike all the way around Forest Service <laughs> twenty five. Oh, cool! Yep, that's a and fun never road. used the brakes until until I turned left to go to <laughs> Northwoods. Nice. It was oh, all fun. compression. 
Yep. Yeah, you can do and, that. And you know, it was, it was all it was all looking way ahead and determining your speed at whatever point you're at, and not sure. needing to hit the brakes. And then knowing, right. you know, uh, I learned this nice little tip from from Nick Einich too. He said, when you're coming out of the corner and you think it's time to hit the gas, wait a second and then mm-hmm. hit it. And it, it, it's, it's like a totally different feeling. It's, it's a confidence builder is what it is. Yeah. Oh, because you're coming out and you're already slowing down, but then you're like, yeah. And once you grab that throttle, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is easy. So. <laughs> nice. But yeah. that's a good tip. I like that tip. And that's good for people like you and I who like to use a lot of compression. Right. Yep. So, well, my tip is when you're out on a group ride, I'm not talking about when you're going up and down I-5, but even if you're on I-5, you should put at least a couple seconds between you and the rider in front of you. MSF, they will tell you to put one second between you and the rider in front of you. I think that is completely crazy. That does um, seem kind of tight, although they're saying also to do that with a staggered formation, which sure. is still kind of tight. But And how, yeah. how staggered does the formation remain once you go into right. a corner? Right. So what right. I'm going to suggest here, and I've done it before, and I've, mm-hmm. I've done it in different stuff that I've done publications and so forth, is to put four or five seconds between you and the guy in front of you. Um, particularly if you're on a road like, like Forest Service 25 around Mountain Hill, right. any of the back roads, anywhere, sure. um, just everybody agree beforehand, you know, when you do your little riders meeting after breakfast and you're going to go out, just say, hey, let's all ride four or five seconds apart. And, you know, when we get up to a place where we have to stop and make a turn, then, uh, you know, wait until the guy behind you shows up and then stop and turn or, you know, until he acknowledges you. Sure. But uh, that four to five second time thing is awesome because you don't have to ride in a stagger formation. You can ride any part of the lane you want. Uh, sure. You, and then, yep. you got room to speed up. You got room to slow down. You don't have to be worrying about what that guy's license plate says up in front of you. <laughs> sure. And then you can, you know, I was just, uh, I think I was on Highway 16 and uh, saw a couple of riders that were riding side by side. <laughs> I thought, yeah, boy, if anything, brilliant. anything happens, you're, you know, if anybody has to make a maneuver, the other one, they're both, they're both in trouble. Yep. And they'll say, but yeah. yeah, but I know how my buddy rides. And I'll say, yeah, well, did you know there was a deer right over there and he's going to pop right out or, in front of you now? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do now? And you ride right into your buddy. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, you s- spread out more and uh, you've got more time to deal with those things that uh, that you've got more time to see them <laughs> and react to them. Or better yet, don't do any group ride. Just go ride by yourself. Ah, <laughs> oh, I, love a, I love a group ride. I'm going to be at odds with you on that one. All right. Well, that is our June show. More to come in July. I know the calendar is already packed up for July, too. So Yeah. Yeah, check out those events and get out there and have some fun. Exactly. We'll see you back here next month. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. 
This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.